up, Redemption? How you doing? John Hendricks here, as always, for a brand new episode of your favorite podcast. On this episode, sitting down with Mr. Classic himself, Jaden Allstead, who's joining us. We're going to be going over the new rules that have been implemented in the game. We're also going to kind of uh, talk about kind of the collective impact of some of those rules um, there toward the end and kind of what the game looks like from a balance standpoint after all of those. But we'll get right into it. Thank you for being here and we'll get it started. Alright guys, welcome into a brand new episode of your once a month podcast. John Hendricks here. <laughs> I don't have Brad, but I do have Mr. Classic himself. How you doing, Jaden? I'm doing well. How about you, John? I'm doing good. I'll try to fill in for Brad here, bring the same level of insight, you know, see what I can do. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> so, I guess... We're coming off of Thanksgiving. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was pretty good. We had pretty much everyone there. My pretty much like we had everyone in my immediate and like one level away extended family. So, so no twice removes, just the first removes. Right. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I even know my twice removes. <laughs> For being honest, I know, I know a few of them. Of them. But yeah, no, we had a yeah, pretty packed house, lots of small people, so a little bit of chaos, but it's kind of, it's like the good holiday chaos, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, ours was okay as well. I don't, I don't have to keep up with that much family. Turns out when you come from a, a messed up family, <laughs> you have to keep up with fewer people. So <laughs> it's a little, little easier to keep track of everyone. Yeah. I guess, I guess if you want to put it that way or. Did you at least have some good food? I did have some good food. So Thanksgiving for me started on uh, Wednesday. We always do kind of a, a big meal for the guys at work and then have that catered. And we do like non-traditional Thanksgiving stuff just because people mm-hmm. are going to eat that kind of stuff the next day. So we usually go with some kind of like barbecue or something, have that catered. Nice. And then every now and then we'll do a ham. We, we did a ham this year as well just because I knew I probably wasn't getting ham later on so for actual Thanksgiving so I went ahead and made sure I got it Fair <laughs> and enough. somebody has to take the leftovers home you know so I mean Honestly, if I gotta be that like, guy <laughs> ham I, I, I don't know if this is a hot take for, for anybody but I, I think ham is a lot better than turkey so uh, see I'm in agreement with that to a certain degree Good smoked turkey that like falls apart, like thinly sliced smoked turkey that falls apart when you pick it up. That's not dried out. That'll change your world. That's that's fair. We actually, my aunt tried, or so my aunt smoked the turkey, but she also did it like a, um, it's like a frogged turkey, I guess is what they call it, where it's like she had to like break the ribs. Like doing CPR on the turkey, basically, and like like flattened it, and it like kind of you know just looks like 
looks like a frog, I guess. Um, and it just, it cooks faster and more evenly, I guess. I don't know. It turned out good. I don't know how different it was from an unfrogged smoked turkey. but So she is, she is out here in the streets assaulting dead naked turkeys. Right, yeah. I mean, we were, we were trying to tell her the idea isn't to bring it back to life. <laughs> I'm trying to... Yeah. Well, I, I think for the most part, most people would agree that ham is, is superior to turkey. It's also harder to mess up a ham, I guess. That's true. No, you can't hurt ham. Yeah, even if you mess up the ham, usually you can get past the exterior layers and it's decent inside. But if you dry out a turkey, it's dried out all the way through. Yep. And if you do hurt ham, then your opponent gets to search their deck for a human evil character or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Although, no longer in set aside with your Ark of Salvation. That's true. Uh, so he is more vulnerable now. <laughs> <laughs> You're foreshadowing. I'm getting ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, foreshadowing. I'm sorry. I'll roll it back. Um, but yeah, so Thanksgiving was good. Definitely, uh, it's a fun time when the holidays kind of kind of are here unless you get wrapped up in the like stress of it. Mm-hmm. So trying to, to manage that and not get caught up in the stress. I enjoy the holidays. Like we've had our Christmas decorations up since um, first week of November. All right. Are you a, are you a Christmas music before Thanksgiving kind of guy or does that have to wait? Christmas music is kind of hit or miss for me. Oh, okay. Like, I will take it in small doses, but it's not like you come in the house and I'm I'm going to have that playing like to get in the Christmas spirit or whatever. If you're not in the Christmas spirit, you're just not in it. Uh, music <laughs> is not going to put you in, in, in that. But me and Kenyon like to watch Christmas movies and stuff, so we'll like randomly pick out a Christmas movie um, starting sometimes early November, but definitely by like mid to late November, we're already started watching Christmas movies. And of course we've got to watch home alone like 17 times before Christmas. Naturally. I mean, that's required, Yep. but we, we enjoy doing, doing movies. And I'd say that, uh, Christmas movies and, and just hanging out trumps, I guess going caroling or anything. I am never going to be one of those people that go out caroling or anything. I don't hate Christmas music. I can appreciate it. But I don't want to get burned out on it. But every now and then I'll have like that drive in the car to where I'm like jamming out to, you know, run Rudolph Run. Yep. Or so. the uh rocking around the Christmas tree, you know. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. My church did a Christmas E P last year, which was actually pretty cool. Did like a it's like five songs or something like that. Did you play guitar on that? No, I was I was not a part of that. But uh I guess I'm, well, I'm, I'm playing, I mean, I guess like we play some of the same songs in church, so I I do play for those, but yeah. So they couldn't afford you on the, on the track is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, I'm like, I had fairly recently started playing electric on, or like in Sundays and we already had a couple other electric players that were better than me, so. Was that hard to admit? Not really. <laughs> well, uh, I guess just to put it on record here, if Tyler does pop in, because Tyler was supposed to join us, and we sent him the link. So if he pops in at any time, it'll just be, I mean, just extra bonus for this podcast episode. But Just a surprise, Tyler. 
Yeah. But uh, we don't have Brad here. Brad had a late night with the youth group going to a um, a church event, and then he has an early day tomorrow. Wednesdays are kind of a packed day for him. So he's not here. So appreciate you, Jaden, for uh, hanging out with me so we can get something no recorded. Definitely wanted to record something and go over these new rules that have been implemented and kind of just get some thoughts on record for those and, and at least have some conversation there that people can listen to and kind of start to form their own thoughts about them and how they're going to impact the game. So that's what we're going to talk about as the big topic here. But um, I guess another thing is if um, someone breaks into my house and uh, does any anything, I'll have to go and handle that because as I was driving home, my wife texted me. She's not home. She texted me, and apparently a state trooper was chasing someone in a vehicle, and the vehicle wrecked, and they got out of the vehicle, and they ran through neighborhoods, and police are looking for them. And the neighborhood that they were last spotted at is about eighth of a mile down the road. <laughs> so, all right, fair enough. We are, we are, we are braving this this <laughs> terrain together at, to record this podcast. So, I, I feel confident saying that I think I'm going to be okay. But if I'm not, at least my last words will be captured. Fair enough. Yep. And if you do go, then I'll just keep on talking. So you know, people. Well, you know, it, it'll be filled in. You can go handle them, and, you know, I'll just keep going. Okay. There we go. We've got it all covered now. Yep. So I guess kind of how we uh, normally do here on the podcast when we do record. I can't say we normally do it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's every episode, but, <laughs> man, we've been so bad with uh, recording. But we're going to we're gonna shoot for at least two this upcoming month of December, so. Uh, Jaden said earlier it would be a Christmas miracle, so I'm hoping to bring you guys a Christmas <laughs> miracle. But just want to hit off some some recent news. I don't understand the name of this. I don't know if there was a, a reason given for this specific name, but Redemption to Die For, I believe his name is Taylor, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, sounds right. He does uh, some devotionals based on cards in the game. He did one on War in Heaven. He just did another one on Rebecca the Bride. It's a, a devotional, and it's on his blog site, Coffee and a Sandwich. Now, to get to that, the easiest way is just to go to the Discord in the blogs and podcast and scroll up a, a little bit, and he shared that he has made that available. I have not had a chance to read through it, but I definitely wanted to make sure that I shared it here so people can go and check that out. And then if you go to that site, you can see some other content he's done including that previous one on the war in heaven featuring the Nats promo, the worker promo from this past nationals, which is an awesome looking foil card. That's good clickbait right there. Good clickbait. But I also have on here, Mr. Tyler talks, uh, his latest video was GOC helpline, which I have started, but I have not gotten past five minutes of it. <laughs> I did say I started it. Um, so I'm about you know, five minutes further in. Further than I've gotten. <laughs> oh, man. And I was going to have him put him on the spot and ask him about upcoming things on his channel. But, I mean, he's he's not here. He's on hiatus. He's he's left us. <laughs> he did post a deck recently, the uh, GOC Control, I think, which I was like, well, it's Geo Control. And I was kind of confused when I saw the title. Like, it took me a second to realize, like, oh, it's 
like a GOC control deck, except he's not using Nazareth, so I don't know like what the what the control aspect. Not that every control deck needs to use Nazareth, but you know. No, but if you're going to already be in a deck that can use the resurrection to play it, kind of why right. not? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe that's the that that's my pitch, I guess, to where or why he has to make a video about it because I'm a little confused about the deck. It just kind of looks like a normal GOC good stuff deck. So he's got to make a video to prove yeah why it's significant. Well. We could get him to Tyler talk about it, but it's true. He's not here, so we'll just have to <laughs> keep giving him rib shots. But who is here is Jaden, and uh, your latest video was a live stream with your brother, who is the Guardian. Um, I won't tell anybody who won that, but if you want to see a change of scenery in Jaden's videos, go and check that out. But you guys had the, I guess, in your basement there, you've got a setup. And it was really cool to to kind of get both perspectives, you guys not being like overly competitive about it, but kind of talking through the thought process. And it was also kind of weird that you're talking through the process and uh, the thought process, and then you still like miss the scatter. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, that's part of it is like you're talking about it and then you're kind of, I feel like you just mention it and then your mind goes on to the next thing. Like it's, it's yeah. it's kind of a weird situation where like you know in a regular tournament game, I mean I I still wouldn't put it past myself to miss something like that, uh, but I, I, it probably would have been less likely. Whereas you know when you're trying to produce something, I guess you know it's yeah that's fair. At least you didn't mayhem into his rain becomes dust. <laughs> yeah. That's. <laughs> Yeah. Sore sore memory for you there. I'm sorry. All right. Anyways, uh I'll talk <laughs> to you later. <laughs> Thanks for having uh, me on. <laughs> but yeah, the uh the setup was awesome too, like getting the you could you could pretty well see the board and, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh excited to see what else we'll be able to do with the, the space and the angles and stuff. I don't know, I've been been talking about getting some lapel mics maybe so we can you know, have a little better audio quality there and uh maybe get four here so if we can get a setup with a couple other people do some drafting or i don't know mm. it's, it's some got some some dreams here but you know as we know on on the uh at least on this this podcast you know it's don't always come true yeah okay <laughs> Uh, now I'm going to go. <laughs> Got to fight back a little bit. <laughs> well, if you do get forward and you do drafting, you should make my dream come true. You should get you a GoPro and record yourself drafting, like what all is in the packs to detail that, what you take. Yeah. That, 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 that would be, be a really cool ideal. video to help people to help people develop like drafting skills because I'm not the best drafter in the world by any means, but I don't know, seeing seeing like, the decision made across a good bit of packs or whatever. Because mm-hmm. every pack is different, especially now, and we've got this weird transition um, to where you're going to get some that have roots and then some that don't right. until we phase all that out and get to where it's just roots. And it's so you're still going to get some older stuff. I think it kind of cleans itself up a lot once roots is 
you know, in every pack that's in rotation. But yeah, I mean, where are we going to, when are we going to get to that point? So you're still going to have filler cards and those old cards are really hard to uh, navigate if you're coming across them for the first time or you're not familiar. So you let John her your uh, Jerusalem Tower, you know, <laughs> at Mr. Classic and you never live it down. <laughs> That's almost as bad as mayhem in the rain becomes dust. Almost, yeah. <laughs> it is a little less on you, though, I think. I mean, you play Jerusalem Tower. I guess that's kind of That on is you. on me. <laughs> that is on me. That card does not do what it should do based on the nope. wording. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just play uh, with the new one, the new Roots one. Yeah. So uh, I know you did the um, tutorial, um, at least the, the part one. Um and then I guess you did. We did do a part two. Yep, that is. You did part two, but I, I I have not seen that. So it's a so yeah, that one is a it was a video that we did live. Um, and by we, I mean it was myself, Chris, and Tyler. Oh uh, yeah, okay. And Chris and Tyler played a game with the starter decks. Uh, we kind of talked through the um, the turns, some of the decisions that they were making as we were playing, or as they were playing. And so that was kind of the, the, the gameplay example, I guess. And then the second part of the video was kind of me interviewing them about the starter deck creation process or like Israel's deliverance creation process. How did they you know, get to that and make some of the decisions that they did, which is kind of, I think, building off of conversations that, you know, people have probably heard before, like on on. You know, this podcast, you, I think, had both of them on uh, at one point and, you know, talking about the starter decks, but um, kind of just goes a little bit deeper. I try to get, get a little more variety building off of what people have already heard. So, and we opened it up for live chat. We had a few people give uh, questions in there too. They wanted to ask. Nice. So, so I, I guess I kind of missed that because I didn't watch it, obviously, live stream or I would know about it, but then when you go and click on videos, live streams different than videos right, on yeah. YouTube. So I probably missed it in there. Yep. Yeah. It is part of the, the tutorials playlist, but um, yeah, it is a little uh, less convenient to get to. I guess it's a little quirky. Yeah. But that also was done about the same time you were doing your box opening live stream. Right. Or uh, I believe that was the, week before the box oh, okay. opening so i or just no. completely missed that then no i think i think I did, I did the box opening as a recording and then i think it was actually the same day i released that video and then we did the live stream that evening oh, okay, if i remember so. correctly so I, I probably saw the one and, and just didn't even i'm not i'm not as plugged in on your uh <laughs> on your scheduling here <laughs> I'll, I'll try to be better <laughs> But obviously you've got the table set up there for future live streams. But as far as like your standard videos, do you have kind of a, an idea of what's coming down the the pipeline? Um, so this week, uh, I guess, depending on uh, when the release of, uh, or of this podcast episode comes out, um, the assuming it's going to be this week uh, before... Thursday, which is when my videos typically come out. Um, but the You're putting a lot of faith in me to edit this thing. <laughs> <laughs> we 
Well, I mean, maybe you could release it on Thursday because uh, the plan for um, this week is actually I'm not planning to do a normal video, but I am bringing my uh, setup for recording and everything to Jay's tournament, uh, the the memorial tournament out in Michigan this coming weekend. So oh, I'll be yeah. doing some live streaming there. Sweet. I guess we're thankful that Jay has uh, qualified the Wi-Fi for that. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. I, I did double check. I was. I remember that uh, Rob M. He did some live streaming there for regionals this past year, and I think that that worked out well enough. But Jay also uh, mentioned that they do live streaming of their like Sunday services or whatever. But I I did double check. I was like just to make sure before I yeah pack everything up. Yeah. Since you are in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> It'll be good for those of us that are unfortunately not able to make it. But it sounds like even even though there's a feels like there's a ton of people saying, Hey, I wish I could be there. I'm not gonna make it. Seems like there's a healthy number of people that are planning on making it. So it should be a decent tournament field for a random uh, not random because it's a it's a purposeful tournament. Yeah. Wish it was obviously under different, you know, reasoning. Yeah. But it's it's dead of the off season. It's in the holiday season. It's not when redemption is supposed to be having big <laughs> gatherings. And it yeah. seems like there might be a decent turnout for getting some decent gameplay and having a uh I guess like a locals running two locals the night before to kinda see what your deck how it plays against various decks and then tweak it and then play the next day. So it seems right. like it's going to be a fun setup. Yeah, yeah, it seems like uh it sounds like the the turnout is going to be pretty good. I think the uh the big uh I think 6 Israel's Rebellion and Roots Packs draft that's that's going on sponsored by uh Covenant Games and Your Turn Games kind of collaborating on uh you know putting the this tournament together and the different you know prizes and just the entry stuff with the heavenly host tokens and all that like it's there's a lot going into it, so I'm glad that it seems like there's going to be a decent sized turnout, uh, and I, I think that's, uh, you know, in part because of the everything that's going into it, and in part just because you know, as a redemption community, we can, you know, come around each other when we're going through uh, tough times, and and so yeah, I think it's good to see that camaraderie and getting. I think most of, well, not most, but a, a good chunk of the people kind of in the northern half of uh, the the country here, kind of the Midwest area to you know, be able to make it, so. Yeah, and it's uh, probably a, I mean, maybe not same exact area or whatever, but kind of a, a good little test run because I hear there's a good chance that Nationals might be in I've heard I've heard rumors it could be in Michigan, <laughs> and if it's not in Michigan this year, it might be next year. So, it it could be. I think that's that's at least the uh, the hope for the uh, Michiganders up there. So, yeah. So, might might be a little a, a decent little test run for anyone traveling to see what the travel is like and right. kind of. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be the same because now they'll be in the middle of summer, and this is kind of. You know the startup of winter and uh, yeah, it gets uh, it gets chilly up here. 
Yeah, I made the joke earlier that, you know, we're below uh, 60 degrees every now and then here in Alabama. So uh, we don't know how to act. I, I can only imagine what, what it's got to be like up there. But there's all this little white stuff on the ground. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's called snow. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess another thing, uh, moving on from the uh, the memorial tournament there something that all people can participate in. You don't have to travel for it. You don't, well, you might have to travel to the post office or wherever you're going to mail your, your cards, but the Christmas card swap, this is the fourth year we've done it. I'm not going to lie. The second year I expected the numbers to jump up. They didn't really do that. And then last year I was under like all kinds of other stress and stuff. Um, and, I wasn't recording podcast or anything and someone asked me about it. And I think at first, like I told someone, no, I'm not doing it. And then I kind of felt bad and I was like, okay, fine. I'm doing it, <laughs> you know, a, a few days later and I kind of put it together, but it was more out of obligation or whatever. And the numbers were okay. They weren't great. There wasn't a lot of growth from the first year to the third year. So this mm -hmm. year I went into it and I was like, what can we do to make these numbers really jump up? And I thought about Hey, let's do giveaways based on the number of participants. So I thought I I was going to do something like I was going to challenge people and, you know, give them a goal to work towards. And then they were going to work towards that goal slowly, but by the deadline. So I came up with four additional giveaways based on number of participants up to 40. And for each 10, we unlocked a giveaway. And then you bozos out there went ahead and in 24 hours, we're already over 40. So that's crazy. Yeah. And now we're well past 24 now, but like within 24 hours of me uh, posting that the signups were open in the general chat on the discord, we got over 40. So unlocked all four of my giveaways. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a video I put out. It's on my YouTube channel. It's in the videos channel on the discord explaining all of that, how to sign up, what the Christmas card swap is. Basically you're going to get a name you won't know who they are until later on when signups close and you'll get a name and an address and you'll send some cards and someone else will get your name. It won't necessarily be a one for one. So the person you're sending to isn't necessarily the one sending back to you. So basically it's redemption pen pals for Christmas. We send them stuff. They, somebody else sends us stuff and we just kind of use it as an opportunity to give to other players in the community. And then there's giveaways um, the first giveaway is just some uh, custom full art borderless cards that Gabe had made a while back, giving those away. Second one was um, one of each of the ultra rares from the latest set, Israel's Rebellion. The third one was a contender deck sponsored by Andy and Your Turn Games. He's donating that. And the winner of that one will actually get to select which contender deck they want. I hear there are some pretty cool ones. Um, yeah, some pretty cool new ones. Even some new That's, ones, yeah. Yeah, you could probably tell us all about those. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fourth one was uh, Covenant Games and myself splitting the cost of a box of potentially Israel's Rebellion with Roots, but because you mentioned the Memorial Tournament and the six-pack uh, six booster draft, and mm -hmm. we talked about a big turnout. John doesn't know what his stock levels are going to look like afterwards. So it's going to be contingent upon what he has available at the time. But 
worst case scenario, you're getting a box of cards. Right. That's that's still pretty good. Just for sending your, you know, three cards minimum to someone else in the community. Seems yep. like a decent deal. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You can't beat it. So in addition to that, though, we have had um, some donations for additional giveaways carrying us up to 60 participants. If it was me, I'd probably make one of these 70 so that we could push it even farther. (laughs) (laughs) Just see if we could. So right now, breaking news, I'm going to share it on the podcast. And then when this is out, I'll go and update the forms and, and, you know, make sure it's known publicly. But for you listeners out there, you're going to get a, you early listeners. I know that uh, I've got a couple of people that like to listen to the podcast. As soon as it's out, you're going to get some fresh new information. Um, I think John already kind of spoiled that he ordered some custom sleeves featuring himself and Mr. Me Yoda. And um, those are, I don't know quite the way to describe what they are, but somehow I want them. <laughs> they're they're special. Uh, they are special, <laughs> as special as the individuals within the picture. I also am curious uh, if Mr. Miyota um, had any say <laughs> before John ordered those. I doubt he did because I, I, I'm pretty sure that that would not fly. That, Yeah. But, I mean, it's custom sleeves that, like, you know, one person is going to have. So I think that's... Yeah. Now, you know, and it's for, for a good cause. I will say... Christmas. I will say forgiveness is always easier to get than permission. So maybe he was, he was operating like that, (laughs) but those are available if we get to 60. Um, And I'll just say that all of these we're going to unlock at 60. Uh, So we'll skip 50. We'll get to 60 to unlock all of these. For the record, I have not signed up yet, but I do intend to, I I didn't do it the first couple of years because because you're know, a loser. For some reason, is what's that? Because <laughs> you're a loser. I mean, that that could very well be the you reason. You didn't trust but... me with your address. You thought I was going <laughs> to sell your information to it's like just, QVC. It's never really been my thing. Like I'm, I'm just never. I mean, like I don't mind doing like a, a white elephant or like Secret Santa kind of thing, but it's it's not really something I've ever gone out of my way to do. And also, like, I don't do a whole lot of online trading and, like, sending cards. Like, I just had one this summer where I did get a tracking number and everything, and it still didn't make it to the to the guy. And it was... It was as long as you weren't selling a 2016 Son of God, that's okay. No, I was not. It, was, it wasn't too bad. It was a replaceable card, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a few cards that, you know, it's like... You know, probably thirty dollars worth of cards or or so, and uh, and and yeah, that was a little bit of a discouraging experience, I guess, as far as mailing stuff. But I just I I still haven't really been one for doing online trading a whole lot. That's fair. I'm, I do I did do the Christmas swap last year, uh, and, and that was pretty cool. I got some like custom uh, like fan made cards. I got the um, Holy Hand Grenade, the uh, Your Turn card, that was like the Your Turn Games one, and uh, a Q, uh, and a few other cards. Oh, and yeah, I had to the, get some real cards. Q. Well. Yeah. The flippable. Yes. Right, yeah, not the Angel Wars one. 
Um, nobody wants Angel Ward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then some real cards to to fulfill the requirements for the uh, for the, for the exchange. But yeah, it was good. I think that it's really cool, and and pro- probably part of the reason that I wanted it to grow after doing the first year was I got some really cool cards that I was expecting just you know standard like. Kind of, kind of, basically, like you give away. Let's say delivered is your rare, and then you give away like a, a virgin birth and a, a something else. These are easily used cards within meta relevant decks. I thought people would kind of do that, or they would pick out their favorite cards and trade those, and it would almost be like a one for one. But what I realized the first year is the people that have been in the game for a while are. I don't I don't know the word. They're like anti-greedy. Like they're the opposite of greedy. It's like, oh, I give you three cards here. Take good stuff. <laughs> and that's where I got the first uh, national promo was from the Christmas card swap. I got that Priest of Zeus top cut from, what is that, 2017 maybe? Tw- um, that, yeah, maybe 2018. That sounds right. Okay. Or, no, it was that. That was the same year as Moses. Maybe it was right? 2019. I don't know. I think it was. Yeah, I think 2019. Okay. Well, either way, that was that was the first one, and then, you know, um, you were involved when I got the the next two at my first nationals, mm-hmm. trading trading away a I don't even know what the card was, son of Tyrus or something, or uh, oh, Prince of Tyrus, is, Prince yep. of Tyrus, yeah. I don't know why I said son. I mean, I guess he's a son, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Prince of Tyrus and got two national promo angels. That's right. Yeah. In return. Well, it's because, it, uh, yeah, I think I just mentioned like, oh, yeah, I didn't go to a state or regionals or whatever this year. To, I didn't get a Prince of Tyrus. And you're like, oh, well, I've got one here. You can you can have it. And then yeah, I had like then, three or four of them. <laughs> and then John was like, "Here, you can have these for doing that." Like, and, and yeah, that yeah, and and that started that path of me going through and collecting all of the from 2016 forward winter promos for nationals. So you really, John was playing that. the long con on you. Yeah, because he got, he got that big <laughs> that big payday in Iowa yep. when I finally bought the 2016 from him. But I just realized through through that experience, though, the first time was like people that have been in the game, they're going to use it as an opportunity to help out newer players if they get paired up with them or whatever. And I thought that was really cool. And I know like Brian has a ton of uh, students. He's got a huge play group of students at his school there in Kentucky. And a lot of them have signed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you, you see people that have been in the game get paired up with them. I feel like there's they're going to get more than they're going to give as the 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 minimal payment. Assuming yeah. that you pay minimum, the players that you know can only do that. I feel like they're going to get more back, and I think it it gives us an opportunity to give. So that's why I wanted to see it grow. And this year, pushing for growth and adding these additional giveaways is just more opportunity for giving. And when we got to forty. You know, John stepped in, had a couple of other people step in. So um, this is what I have uh, to add to it. We get to 60, we're giving away the custom sleeves that John has ordered. And then we're also giving away five packs 
of prophecy of Christ that are packed with roots, which is, I guess, not really available yet. So we have that. And then we have a donation of all of the 2022 national promos. So that's the King of Tyrus. Wow. That's Treacherous Land. That's uh, Humble, Humble. I, yeah. I believe. Then music leader, music leader is included. Uh, Nicodemus. Was that side uh, Foreign Wives was the side event. Well, I don't okay. know if that's included. But. Um, I, can, I can check and tell you. There you go. I will say, um, you mentioned Delivered earlier for some reason, uh, but that just made me think if if uh, Andy Fish is your recipient, uh, just a heads up, he would like as many copies of Delivered as you can spare. Uh, and that's, that's from me so that I can include them in Contender decks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Foreign Wives is included. Okay. And wow. so you get, get Foreign Wives, and the person that wins that's going to get all of those. So... Dang. For entering, you could walk away with all of the 2022 national promos. That's uh, for a rare and two commons. That's a good price. That's good. And do these have to be rotation cards? They do have to be rotation. Oh, dang. Rotation legal, <laughs> non-starter deck. All right. Although okay. in my video, I did say that IJ Plus, if you want to include those, nobody's going to complain about getting those as their commons or whatever. Yeah. I also said that even though Israel, I, I use the exact quote of, even though Israel's deliverance is new, those don't count. And even though IJ, and I think I said IJ is new <laughs> in the video. I think so. And IJ is definitely not new. So nobody called me out on it yet. So I'm, I'm admitting my own fault. But those are the giveaways now. If we get up to 60, we're unlocking those three additional giveaways. The sleeves, the Prophecy of Christ packs with roots in them. And then also the 2022 national promos. That's so, cool. and that's in addition to the box, the contender deck, the IR playset of ultra rares, and the three custom cards that I I was offering as a collectible. That I really think, uh, depending on who gets them, could jumpstart and create a uh, a collector like. I got turned into. <laughs> so. I feel like a lot of these are like, oh, I could turn this person into a collector kind of a kind of a prize. Yeah. So. You get those national promos, you might just want the next ones. So <laughs> So be careful when you sign up. That is <laughs> <laughs> what I'm hearing. Yes. Um and right now we are at I'll pull it up. We are at forty four currently. So we're 16 away from unlocking those. It probably um, doesn't include me, so 45. It doesn't include you. Yeah. It doesn't include me. Oh, well, Although I, I, I assume that I should not count towards the total because I'm not going to take any of the winnings. So I shouldn't count towards the total to get to 60. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, see, it probably doesn't count Justin, so I'll have to talk him into it. So. Yeah. I... I if you have to do too much talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You just sign him up. They'll come to the they'll come to him in the mail. You'll know what they are and you just I have his them. address, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just pull out a couple cards from him. <laughs> so that's all I had for the recent news. 
And then we can kind of just move into the, the main topic here that I wanted to discuss, which is the new rule changes. And um, I, we kind of talked about this before we started recording, but it was like I knew some of these that were being worked on or, or you know, updates were coming to them with, you know, the present coming to light last tournament season, interrupt coming to light the way that it works and kind of fizzles. I didn't know anything about targeting and the set-aside area and all of that. So some of this is kind of out of left field to me. I guess if you are in the know, maybe it's not out of left field. Maybe it's out of right field. Who knows? (laughs) Um, But anyways, I, I feel like these changes have some potential big implications. I feel like this is equivalent to, if I were to compare it to changes, it's not as groundbreaking as rotation, but it feels like it's, it feels like it's right there with, um, kind of like the reserve rule. You yeah. Know, the it's reserve rule, to, the four activations. I think. Yeah. Uh, like it's going to affect the way you play every single game that you play. Um, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if these are as big and as sweeping of changes as getting rid of cascade negate but it feels like kind of on that same level to where it's like one little tweak here is going to change several different interactions and how things act activate and, and, you know, reactivate potentially. And I, I, I just don't know. <laughs> that's the, Hey, that's why we're here to talk yeah. about it. I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't get paid for the podcast, but if I did, you could say I was making money to talk. So we're here to talk about it at least. And, Maybe I can form a better idea of how it's going to play out because I have not played any games with these rules. Um, I would assume that's the same for the majority of players, um, or at least not any like tournament level games yeah. with these rules. And I assume yeah. these are, I assume these are in effect now since the regs already been updated with them. Yeah, I think that's correct. As as soon as the the reg is released, then. All official tournaments and or games played after that are yeah. so it'll be okay. interesting to see how this weekend goes with all the games being played there and see if it affects the way that people build decks or uh, just how the games play out. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe Jay has a little bit of uh, maybe maybe he has a little bit of uh, a better grasp on like planning these type of events and whatnot. Then we like to give him credit for it, or I like to give him credit for <laughs> having the having the locals the night before to kind of get some games in with the new rules in a tournament setting to like if something interacts differently or I don't know maybe you were really banking on Chamber of Angels helping your deck out a lot because it's in set aside and hard to target it being more easily targetable maybe that flips your decision to play some other deck or some other way to protect your your heroes or something yeah uh something like that to where you get your eyes opened on it yeah i, I did notice that uh like because when justin and i were doing the live stream on thanksgiving there we did kind of were encountering some of the new rules and you know talking we were, we were trying to figure out what the new rules actually were and uh kind of talking with people in the live chat about that and trying to Get clarification on a few things. So there were a few cases where it came up, but it wasn't like that groundbreaking or like it wasn't that significant in at least that particular game. 
And so I did kind of feel like the, uh, probably on like the pretty similar level as the four activations rule where it's like, it's not going to come up in every game or, and it's, uh, but it's, it is something to be aware of. Um, you know, especially with the targeting aspect. Yeah. And I guess that's fair, but, um, I guess the first thing to do is kind of go over these, uh, for assuming that, that people listening, maybe you haven't read these in great detail. Um, so I'll just read over them real, really quickly and we'll kind of, kind of go through and kind of evaluate the, the change that is happening with each one of these individually. But the first thing, and it's on page 12 of the reg is targeting and it says the default targeting for many effects that was just in play has been changed to in play or a set aside area set aside still defaults to in play and then activate an ability interrupt negate and prevent at a similar change to abilities on cards in a play or a set aside area so through these first two things it seems like we're just blending if it's in play, it defaults in play. It also includes set aside area. Seems yeah. like uh, in my head, reading that, my thing is just why not just say set aside area is within the field of play in your territory, or just get rid of that as a separate location. And it's just kind of I, I don't I don't know. It's 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 weird to conceptualize it because. You know it as a different thing, and it's still technically a different thing, but now it's just targeted as part of everything else. Yeah, so it's not as much about like changing how the zones function, but it's about changing how the abilities that can interact with them function. Uh, so it's you know the like there are since there are cards that interact with set aside or that play to set aside or that you know set aside x of your opponent's characters or something like that like there still has to be a set aside area like a you know the zone uh, but now the the goal i think of this change was just to make it easier to interact with that so there is still you know some layer of kind of inherent protection for cards and set aside because it isn't part of the territory like it is a separate zone uh, but the the default for for most things where if something just says you know negate a card or like three woes is probably the you know the big one the negate a card of a different alignment the default targeting for that is now a card in play or a set aside area whereas before it was just cards in play yeah so um it also says the default for hold or characters has been updated to in play or a set aside area. The changes also appear in the appropriate entries later in the document. And then these changes only impact the default targeting. Anything that specifies in play is still limited to just in play. So if it says discard a card in an opponent's territory because they are still separate locations and that can only target in an opponent's territory, it wouldn't update to being able to target set aside. If I'm right. uh, just applying common sense to that. Yep. So it seems like what it does is it takes things like um, 
Sheol, for example, and that came up in your uh, live stream game, or maybe it didn't come up, but you had that card in play, yeah, impacting the game. Now that card's easier to interact with. Chamber of Angels is probably the biggest one because it was pretty hard to interact with, and it's a pretty powerful card mm-hmm. for the things that it enables. Uh, another one, the darling of uh, the the flood deck, is the <laughs> fact that Ark is in set aside and it's hard to do anything with. So now, like, does that make does that completely make flood survivors unplayable now that it's its best thing is like you've got heroes set aside for three turns in the arc, but now well, I were can, they playable I can before? Disco- right, I, I guess. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, like, now that now that you can discard it, discard an opponent's card, now can discard the arc because that's defaults to play. So now it includes set aside. Yeah, which I mean, to be fair, I don't think that there are a whole lot of cards that are just like discard an opponent's card like i think a lot of cards do specify like you know an opponent's territory or um i mean i guess things that are like negate an evil card or something like you know they they can now target set aside like three woes is just the biggest one that comes to my mind but so like three woes negates can negate arc of uh, our arc now yeah so if there's already a character being held and you negate it later you negate the potential payoff for it coming back, right? Um, that would be more along the lines of like a delayed trigger, but uh, like would would it get get the payoff based on the fact that it wasn't negated at the time? I didn't mean to give you hard questions here. I just <laughs> it, it popped in my head while we were talking about it. I think because it's tied to the like placing it there instead. I think it. I think if you negate it later on, it would still work. I think you would still get gotcha. the payoff after the three turns, but yeah, it's a it's above my pay grade, so. <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you that for some reason, all of these like postseason rule changes seems to always be able to find some deck that I really want to uh, put together and just throw a monkey wrench at it. <laughs> Like when rotation came, I was really wanting to use the shell that was developed for Love at First Sight mm-hmm. and just play a straight like speed, um, impartial judgment Genesis deck. I sure. thought that would be pretty cool. Uh, and then that kind of got thrown all all around with the rotation, making that basically impossible. <laughs> and then uh, I've been waiting for Roots to come out and just just – I mean, I think even in Tyler's video, I think in the five minutes that I listened to that, he talked about how me and him had talked about uh, Covenant of Eden being kind of an underrated card. And as the game was slowing down a little bit, that card can have more of an impact. It has more room to impact the game. Yeah. And what I like to do is, especially like if an opponent's negating your neutral cards, Mm. well, I'll put it on Ark of Salvation and set aside so it activates... But now they've killed that because nope. <laughs> negate opponent's neutral cards defaults to play and set aside. Yep. So now my artifact in set aside is negated. So it's not cool, it elders. Book. Not cool. <laughs> Give me a way to put book in set aside. <laughs> but but just little things like that. So I think that's where you get some of those uh, fortresses where part of their power level had been in the fact that they were in set aside and hard to interact with 
mm-hmm. you're bringing that down a little bit and um, kind of just putting it on an even even playing field with other fortresses. Yeah, and I think that that like part of it isn't only just to like balance those kind of things, like to to balance Sheol and Chamber a little bit. Like I think that's part of it, but it's also I think kind of just an intuitive change. It's like, oh, this card is on the playing surface. Why can't I target it with this ability that, you know, doesn't give me a you know, a specific range of of cards that I can target. Like if it doesn't say in play or if it doesn't say in territory, you know, why can't I target this card that is still on the playing surface somewhere? Um and so I, I think that that's it seems like it's could be part of it too. Uh, just simplify things a little bit. See, in the spirit of simplification, I'm cool with that. I I've talked a lot on the few podcasts we've recorded here lately about how the the game is shifting its focus to wanting to be um, new player friendly and you know easily adapted to for new players. Well, in simplification, it seems like leaving it to where a card says, you know, shuffle an opponent's card in play. And then you go back to, you were just talking about seeing anything on the board and being able to target it. Well, now that can only target in play, not set aside. And go ahead and make it all the same. <laughs> I, I I mean, just we're one step away from it. Why not just go ahead and do it? Like, what do you think is the reason that, that, like, that part was left like that? I think it's just because the abilities that you know, do reference set aside, you know, like it, it has to... Uh, because there are abilities that reference it and like cards that play to it, then set aside has to remain a separate zone, at, at least, you know, for the time being. Uh, I don't know if that'll change down the road, but. Land of Bondage is a separate zone. It's in a player's territory. So you could have set aside just be in a player's territory. Mm. I'm sure that I'm sure they probably thought about all of this and. And, you know, Marcus, if he ever listens to this podcast, is probably cringing. And he's like, well, that would mess up this and this. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm not trying to mess it up, Marcus. I'm just I'm trying to understand why make part of the change. But it seems like you could just take it the next step. And I don't know. Yeah, I guess the. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's probably something where you, you have to keep the territory separate from set aside because of like i don't know the way that like putting cards in play works or like you know cards coming from set aside are put in play and i don't know yeah um the other thing i guess was kind of part of the the second uh or i guess the first point there that you read of under the under the change which was set aside still defaults you in play so Set aside abilities still have to have a default location, which is cards in play. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I guess we'll move on to uh, interrupt. That's the next big one, and this one is this one is one that probably, if you've heard a lot about this interaction, you probably heard about it from Chad because Chad had this deck that he he made called soul surfer and he really enjoyed it, but it benefited from Noah and um, Lazarus. And then it was brought to everyone's attention in the community that, Hey, once the card is taken away, it's effect fizzles. Um, 
So this has been updated to kind of fix that interaction. Um, and again, it, it's interrupt and it's on page 54. Um, but it says they updated the requirements for reactivation. So the card has to make specific movement while interrupted in order to not reactivate. So cards like Noah and Angel of the Winds that have ongoing abilities but have removed themselves from play will reactivate as long as they don't move during the interrupt. So I'm guessing that since the like Angel of the Winds exchanges to your deck, as long as it stays in your deck after the interrupt. So if you interrupt the battle, do something, Angel of the Winds is still in the deck. It hasn't changed. So it's ongoing negate if it's a cloud hero that it exchanges to would still reactivate. Right. And that one seems a little, since he used the specific example here of Angel of the Winds, that one seems a little potentially more murky because it's in deck. And how do you specifically know if that card's been removed through a draw or something like that? Yeah, that one is, so like, yeah, say you do, you know, Angel of the Winds exchange to a, um, uh, I don't know, I was trying to think of a purple cloud here, David the Shepherd or, you know, David Outcast Refuge or something. And then during battle, you play Reach of Desperation, interrupt the battle, draw three cards, play the next enhancement. Um, Yeah, if you draw Angel of the Winds, I wonder how that, does work out um yeah it's like i'm not gonna announce to you hey i just drew angel of the wind so (laughs) your characters are not negated right yeah But like there's no obviously if you take from your deck you have to show what the card is to prove it's not a lost soul that's that's a recent change from either last season or the season before so taking cards is is okay because we'll you'll have to reveal and it'll be known if you take angel of the winds Right, and I, I think but, that I guess my assumption is that the uh, you know card removed or like making a specific movement would be a known movement, like if it gets you know milled off the top of your deck or something during an interrupt, um, yeah. or or if you take it, I think that would be my. Uh, and this, uh, but. this very specific, like, just, I mean, he used Angel of the Winds here, so it made me think about it, but I don't think this is really going to come up um, to where it's like, later on, you're going to have to prove that at some point, hey, it fizzles if, if it's not in your deck, check your deck. <laughs> and, yeah. like, somebody's going to call you on it and be like, Judge, <laughs> I need him to check his deck in case he drew, because he drew, he might have took it out. Right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look here to see if, if the specific movements are defined in the, the new entry. Um, well, you're looking at the full scope of it and I'm just using the, uh, if anyone wants to know what I'm reading from, it's where it was posted by Marcus, uh, Redemption Aggie on the forums and he wrote out and and it's got all of the implemented rule changes and i'm just using that as like a short reference versus looking at the full rig so i think it's under this uh entry here after an uh, interrupt effect completes suspended abilities that were interrupted attempt to reactivate in the same order they were originally activated 
Each suspended ability will reactivate unless any of the following conditions are met. The ability was negated, prevented, or redirected while it was interrupted, which you know you wouldn't be able to do on a card like Angel of the Winds because the you, know, you wouldn't be able to target Angel of the Winds in deck. And then uh, the other condition or second condition, the card on which the ability exists moved from in play to out of play, moved between out of play locations, or changed card type while the ability was interrupted. Uh, so I guess the moved between out of play locations does make me think that drawing the card would make the ability not work. But uh, there's no way to know that it was drawn. Right. So that again, <laughs> that's interesting. That that might be. I hope we didn't poke any kind of like. <laughs> might be a nine point zero point one coming out <laughs> soon here. It's it's not that it's not that big of a deal. No. No one's gonna no one's gonna be like check his deck because <laughs> I think it moved. Well, now I might. Except for <laughs> me. <laughs> if Tyler's judging, I'm definitely calling him over. Hey, hey, check his deck. I don't think Angel of the Winds is in there. <laughs> uh, Which I th I think that this thing, though, makes some cards work closer to their intended way mm -hmm. and doesn't. I don't think there's anything that it, it necessarily breaks or anything. So this just seems like a, a good quality of life update to make cards play the way that they were intended. Yeah, um, I think that that so. is... Yeah, pretty much with this one and with the the present rule that we're we'll talk about next year. I think they were both yeah. kind of along the same lines of this is how it was intended to be, or this is even how people played it before kind of looking more deeply at the rules and being like, oh yeah, this is you know, you you can technically do this under the current rules, and so it's kind of just a you know, we're simplifying it or kind of making it more intuitive, which is always yeah. good. Which the the change to present uh, is available on page sixty one of the reg, but it says the target character, so who you are targeting to present, must come from the hand or territory of whoever is carrying out the present or the present. Uh, <laughs> I said present. I'm thinking about Christmas. Merry Christmas. Stuff. All these giveaways. <laughs> <laughs> the present. <laughs> It is no longer legal to present from an opponent's territory. And I don't think it would have made any difference in our game, but I I got cute at Nationals. I was like, I'm going to present your, <laughs> your uh, what was it, one of your angels. He was and captain you, of the host, and, and then you banned him. Instead of him. Yeah. So I would have avoided all of that and just presented <laughs> another one of mine um, had this rule been implemented. So... The rule's a little late, guys. I've already <laughs> lost that game. <laughs> well, we did a tournament uh, a few weeks ago, and John, he was playing Goliath in his deck, and he, uh, I had already finished my, I'd finished my game, and he was playing against uh, Joe, uh, Joe Mama on, on Discord, and uh, he was like, have we not changed the present rule yet? <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't think you no. guys have. <laughs> it's kind of on you. <laughs> and he was uh, he was a little upset. I could imagine him sitting at the table, and then he's like, "Have we not?" Because <laughs> I don't. I bet he didn't say it calmly. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Have we not already changed that daggum rule? <laughs> I will say that. Um, he didn't say anything too colorful. I, I'll okay. defend him on that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So 
these rule changes though that have been implemented and if i'm not mistaken this is the the first batch of any changes that have come out post nationals mm-hmm. on rules and i i feel like obviously every season after the season we're going to learn and we're going to adapt to things and we're going to discover things that need to be cleaned up like these that are just kind of quality of life updates to make cards play the intended per, uh, way that they were designed but it, it's also refreshing as we're talking about these rule changes that there's nothing on here that was done. Maybe maybe a little bit of the targeting rule with like Chamber of Angels and its impact on the game. Mm-hmm. But it's not like there was this big scary thing that had to be fixed by, uh, via rule after Nationals. And we've just been waiting on pins and needles for them to announce that this is now fixed. Right. You know, it's 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 more like these are just kind of what you expect in a game like this where you're constantly adding to the card pool, especially in a year where you're adding, even with a smaller set of IR, you also have roots behind it. So you're adding still a huge number of cards to the card pool, along with a new starter deck, all kinds of new interactions. And we've got three different bullet points of, of things that have changed and they they mostly seem quaint compared to like the the rule changes we've had to do in the in the recent years. Yeah. Like yeah, the four love months. at first sight. Love at first sight were like, boom, we gotta change. We need a rota- rotation. We need a reserve rule. We also need to quit letting these guys pick who goes first based on souls because they are negatively impacting the game. Yeah. And we've come from that, what was that, three years ago? That's not right. Like that, yeah. And now here we're we're getting just standard quality of life type updates. Yeah. Which yeah. is refreshing. Yeah, like four months ish. Uh, I guess a little under four months between nationals and the the rule change release. That's probably a, a new record in the last few years. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess uh one other thing to uh to go over here, and this isn't necessarily a change. But this is, well, it says on here that it received a significant overhaul. So let's just say that. Um, This is the action priority. It is on page 87. So nothing really changed in how things are meant to work or whatever. And I know that we were having a conversation with this or about this um, during, I think, the first tournament that him tried to, uh, Jared, yeah. Tried to host. Um yeah. I don't know if you were involved in that. Yeah, uh, I but think I know it was Justin was there. Briefly, yeah. Because uh, I remember yeah, because I remember we were kind of talking about the um I guess where it kind of came up first, at least for me and, and maybe for some other people as well, was a lackey grand prix game between uh Zach and I, where there was kind of a weird like sort of miscommunication or kind of mis. I mean, misapplication, I guess, of, of action priority where I was kind of like, oh, and then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this where it's like, we're kind of used to asking for dominant initiative, but not, I guess, for like action priority for manual triggers and right, uh, kind of yeah. you know changed the way that <clears throat> that game played out. So I feel like, I feel like we were hanging out, uh, what was it? House of highlights or yeah. whatever whatever that tournament was. 
And I think that was happening at the same time maybe you were playing because I remember Joe and Marcus maybe having to step away or something and then come back and here's the thing. And then we, we talked about it for like an hour and it was just kind of like the layers of I'm not going to every time I make an action. And this is what I, I believe Justin, how he was like, he's like, I'm not going to ask them, can I, can I do this? Can I do that? I'm just going to assume that I have action priority until they ask for to do something yeah. or not like a constant question. And I think it had came up because of like, do I have priority to do some non-dominant thing? And it was just, where do those layer in? and how do you pass off? Are we really going, I'm not going to do any, any manual triggers. I'm not going to do any, I'm not going to do any optional triggers. Uh, or, or, uh, what, what is it? Not there's the manual, the optional or whatever. And then there's the automatic triggers that would have already carried out. And then it gets to the dominant yeah, or whatever. Our well, dominant starts just, before all of that the and then works down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that sounds good. Uh, anyway, so there is no change in how things were intended to work, just a change in how the information is presented. The information that used to be in the sections for manually triggered effects on page six and triggered effects on page seven and also dominance on page 100 have been moved here and replaced with a link to this entry. There are three levels within action priority, triggers, doms, and manual triggers. And each player has to pass the opportunity at one level before it can move to the next level. So I think everybody understands that if I have Sheol out and you search for something, my Sheol goes off before anybody can get dominant initiative. Yep. And then I think it, it's really like the manual triggers. So before I act to do a manual trigger, am I asking, do you want to play a dominant and just kind of how that, that works. But I think the biggest change here is putting it all in one area because in that conversation, we were having to go to several different spots and kind of piece it together. It was like getting little pieces of a quilt and kind of knitting it together to get the full picture. Yeah. Um, and this just makes it clean and presentable. Um, so there is that. Yeah. So I, I guess the maybe big or like one one example that would be kind of common, like if you have Sheol and it's my turn, if I play my second coming to search discard pile for Son of God you like it, it's my turn so i have action priority but the triggers go first and so your shield you would get to underdeck your lost soul before i get to play son of god because you triggered off of the, the search but that would go uh, before you know you you could activate like a manual trigger of um something i guess like you know herod's temple is probably the the biggest one right now where uh, maybe this is during battle and you you know want to uh, trigger your Herod's temple for some reason, but you have to wait until after I play son of God. Going over what the, the rule changes are there, I guess now that brings it to um, our opinions on, on the rules and maybe how we, we feel about them just initially here because everyone's going to look at it and, and feel, fill it out a little bit differently. I think when a rule change happens, I think everyone has there there's probably varying degrees of how you analyze the rule itself. I guess maybe you can think about the impact on on the game as a whole, but I think a lot of us just immediately try to figure out how it impacts what we like to play, what decks we have built and kind of 
see it in a in that that light first before seeing the bigger it's easier to think about the bigger picture but then like as far as like playing a game with a deck that you have and seeing how the rule impacts that deck is easier to uh to gauge the real world impact so i haven't played any games with these you've you've played at least the one game Mm -hmm. um so i don't know how much we have as far as experience to, to speak about it but just kind of gauging uh, what we think are the impacts. What do you think the the biggest immediate impact is and like how impactful do you think they are going to be, say, at this memorial tournament coming up? Yeah, I think we kind of touched on some of them a little bit. Um, you know, I think Three Woes is the probably most common card that where like it's, you know, it's it's already a very powerful card that and everyone... And every competitive deck is going to be is going to include three woes, kind of a, a staple at this point. And so, the expansion of potential targets for three woes is a big deal, uh, especially when it you know, does hit those things that are harder to target, um, like Sheol and Chamber. I think Sheol is probably going to be the the biggest one. Um, it it takes a little bit of a hit, and the the fact that it can be targeted by you know, three woes and uh, by a few other cards, um, you know that that see some play, but I think uh, I, I think it will still be played. Uh, it's still very it's it's still a very powerful card. Powerful card took a little bit of a hit. Um, I don't think Chamber is going to be like you know greatly affected to the point where people aren't going to play it. Um, but you know it does take a, a little bit of a hit. Uh, and then you, you brought up Noah's Ark as being kind of the linchpin of uh, Flood decks. And I I mean, Flood kind of being on the the verge of you know, competitive um, strategies. It's on the losing side of 25, to put it in context. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think that that does take a, a significant hit there. Um, and... Honestly, I don't think that there's a whole lot uh, that the the set aside like for for default targeting hits other than kind of those ones like you know Sheol and Chamber probably the biggest. Um, there's not a whole lot else that plays to set aside these days. Like Noah's Ark is uh, the Ark of Salvation, not just the the uh, the promo one that Flood Survivors use, but the the one that protects your heroes. But the one that Flood Survivors don't use. Yeah. <laughs> The, the other everybody one. else does right um i think that one you know i i i use it in uh, you know a few decks here and there and so that takes a little bit of a hit but it's never been an essential card uh so it's not generally a, a big three woes target so i i think that that rule isn't going to have like a, a huge impact i think it's um like you mentioned just kind of a, a simplification quality of life thing um i i do think that the uh the interrupt rule will make some difference as well with competitive decks and the style of decks that people are playing like we you know see chad soul surfer deck where um yeah honestly i haven't played with or against it enough to be like oh okay yeah this is going to be super impactful it changes the way that the entire deck operates but um 
it does make sense and and that's kind of what chad's uh interpretation has been from uh, what i can tell is that like you know the the changes to lazarus and noah is fairly significant for the way that that deck operates uh, and and that makes sense like you know royal parade is a great battle winner on noah and if it makes it so that you know his preventing cards uh, turns off then it, it does kind of hinder the you know the, the strategy in that way but um it's not uh i i think that that style of deck or like those cards i, I suppose maybe noah and lazarus and kind of a few of the, the similar cards are going to be what is most affected by that uh, which isn't something i play a whole lot so i can't speak to it entirely but sounds like that will will change some of those decks yeah i think that's kind of a, a fair assessment on kind of the it's hard to look at it as a, a card by card thing mm-hmm. um in in essence until you start seeing the way that it, it plays out like i can i can take stabs at which cards cards are most effective uh, are affected by the rule change but like you say chamber probably is still going to be chamber for the most part but knowing that a card a deck can um put just keep woes in in the deck and you don't necessarily need to run shipwreck to handle you know a fortress that's set aside so now you get to be a little bit more flexible with a dom slot potentially where you would have had to have an answer for a set aside fortress your woes can answer that now, and you can now potentially free up a another dom slot for something else. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, let's just let's just ask the the obvious question here: Did they did they change this rule because they heard people were thinking about taking three woes out of their deck? <laughs> like, there was a little bit of talk. Like, uh, I think it was Tyler. He's like, I've I've been tinkering with some decks that don't have woes in it. Uh, yeah, but. Now that it can go to set aside, you're absolutely <laughs> playing it. There's no chance you're not playing it now. I don't. I don't think there was a a good argument for not playing it before the change. But Tyler well, did that, post that deck, fair. and then I was like, uh, I think uh, John's next, <laughs> next Nats challenge is that if you if you win nationals without three woes, then you get the hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. Now I guess wilderness is better suited for it because you get like what is angel of god or uh whatever that is a negate kind of can feel kind of the mm, yep. the same space with battle extensions so i mean i can see the reasoning for it but like now there's just no more conversation on that at all um <laughs> well there's just such a big territory war going on in the yeah. game that like you you need a light switch you need to be able to turn things off right. i think that when i like think Nazareth. about the rule and <laughs> yeah when I think about the rule and its immediate impact, I, I think about the way that it's going to affect timing um, like, and timing counts on things that are set aside. Um, if you can now, by default, target things in set aside, right? So just grasping at it, an example, authority of Christ, set aside a hero from hand for two turns on return, draw two or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right, something like that. Draw three, I think. Yeah, but okay. Yeah. So it's set aside. Before you can get that back, now I have two turns to come up with something that by default shuffles an opponent's card. I'll just shuffle your hero and fizzle that ability. Yeah. Because it doesn't return. 
So it's going to allow more interaction with things that were previously, once it's set in motion, it's, it's going to happen mm. for the most part. Um, and then you think about, we were talking about uh, Noah's Ark set aside, um, or even chamber, I guess, technically. Because chamber says if, how, how, what's the wording on that? Is it if your, if your angel, angel is, is harmed, harmed or defeated by an opponent? So maybe that still still would work for that one. So I was thinking, um, so if it's in in chamber, can you target it with a, a generic shuffle ability? But I guess it would then be reharming it. Yeah, I think yeah, because I think the your like your I think your chamber would still see it, even though it's you know because it's in player set aside. Because chamber is in set aside. Does it have to target in play only? Um, so that, no, I think the, the default target would still be for, or I, I think the default targeting would still be, or would still affect chamber so that it you know would see things in play or set aside. Yeah. yeah. So, and just the, it specified that, uh, that for set aside would remain default to just in yeah. play. So set aside abilities. Yeah. default to cards in play yeah so so maybe that doesn't i don't i don't know how much like the fortresses and timing will will be affected by it but something like a hero set aside for whatever um those things can still have interaction allowed now because of the way that the rule gives more ability to reach over and manipulate things and set aside yeah um being easily targeted so I think that, and then I think, uh, you know, kind of what, what you mentioned, maybe some of those individual cards, but as far as like far reaching impact, like down the road, I think one thing that it does, and this is the, I haven't put a ton of thought into this, um, before, you know, I I made this outline just kind of, kind of quickly. So I haven't developed a lot of thoughts but one thing i think about as far as long-term impacts is how much wording it takes to put in the special ability because we're trying to trim that down keep things simplified now there's design space to where if they want something to do something with set aside in play or set aside area you don't have to do that anymore yeah you can just leave it the default targeting and it cleans up a lot of the room for abilities and allows more room for actual things if we've you know tweak the default targeting to where they get a little bit more room to put lines of text that are the actual ability versus having targeting be part of the ability Hmm. as much as it has been you know if you want something to hit in both territory and set aside i mean just i mean that's almost a full line of text in a territory or set aside area and just cleaning that up. Yeah. Or in play or a set aside area. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that as a, a positive outcome down the road as you know cards are, are designed. And I'd, with that in mind though, I think that it, it does kind of seem like they're moving away from using the set aside area as a um like we haven't seen many set aside abilities and you know any of the, the cards released this year. Um, or even cards that like, that reference set aside, uh, so that might be um, like I'd, I'd 
don't know for sure, but it, it could be something that's kind of uh, being phased being out. phased out. Yeah, not being used for the time being until something is. I guess by the same token, though, it could have not been used by design and trying to figure out how to uh, update the targeting to where now if it's more accessible for people to interact, maybe you could have things that set aside a little bit more because you're not setting them aside and making them so hard to interact with to where it's it's too much of a buff to whatever the card is doing. I could also, the part of me just thinks that set aside will only ever be a place to pay cost moving forward. That's the way that I interpret the things that they're trying to. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they're, they're working towards, so you can still set something aside for however many turns um, for a payoff and see that allows balance within the game because now it can be interacted with to keep you from getting that payoff mm-hmm. versus it's just once it activates, it's, it's done. Yeah. I think the, I mean, there, there is that aspect that, you know, getting the payoff and that that's what kind of it historically has been. That's where it kind of started out as where you're, you know, you're setting your hero aside for four turns and then it would come back and be able to, um, you know, band to a hero and gain that ability as you know, the old school gathering of angels. But now you can't really do that anymore because, you know, the game's only lasting four turns. And so the, the, the pace of the game yeah. has kind of shifted it so that even the most you know, recent set-aside payoff cards are, you know, they, they have to be for one turn and or, um, I mean, or they're just not used. And even some of the one-turn ones, they have to, you know, be good enough to justify the spot. AOC is hard to like dedicate a hero from your opening hand if you get it opening hand. Right. Yeah. And that's just the star. The star. So, you know, that's, yeah. yeah. Um, and then when it comes to like setting aside your opponent's characters, using that as like a, a battle winner, kind of a, a stall thing, like uh, I think that is just kind of transition to you can just reserve their character because that's kind of the same thing where. You know, set aside, it's guaranteed to come back at a certain point, but if you set them aside for long enough, then it's like the entire game, and that would be harder to interact with, whereas if you just reserve their character, then, you know, there are other ways they could get it back. They can, you know, crowd's choice it back or Covenant of Abraham to get a hero back or something like that. Um, but there's no guarantee of it coming back. If you have If you have a generic character and the opponent sets it aside in battle... Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many cards that we have that get played that set things aside in battle. Since it's generic, it can re-enter battle. So you could interrupt the battle, and since default targeting now targets set aside, you could interrupt and ban them back into battle. <laughs> right? Um, assuming you're not they wouldn't interrupting get their ability. The, the set-aside ability. The ability that put it aside, yeah. Because yeah. then it would just come back through the interrupt. Right. And then it wouldn't be a legal target for the band. And then if you don't negate it during the band, then it would go back to set aside. <laughs> See, I'm I'm just trying to figure out. There's there's going to be some kind of like quirky interaction that happens because of because of set aside and the default targeting adjusting. Just because some the cards were made under a different pretense or whatever. Mm-hmm. And even though this is making things more streamlined or, or easier as far as more interaction with cards, there's going to be some weird outlier thing that creates some kind of 
play. Not, not saying like it'll be a broken play, but there'll be something. <laughs> Somebody will figure something out. Somebody like you. Probably with a classic a card or something. That, yeah. No. Yeah. Like classic. I didn't even think about that. Like Mr. Classic coming up <laughs> in the spring. Like, cause I, I've already heard that it's going to be roots plus classic cards. So anything that got a slight like change that might be beneficial um, from roots can be used or maybe like multiple copies type thing. But it feels like these rules with some of those classic cards, shenanigans could be, could be a foot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. It's not like the set aside. Uh, it's not much different from like bouncing something to your hand, I guess. Like, you know, I, I guess with your band example, you know, if you bounce a generic character and then, you know, later I play a banning enhancement, I can still ban that generic character into battle. So it'd, it'd kind of be like that. But yeah, so it'd, it'd have to be something a little bit different. But, I, you know, you might be right. that there's There's something out there. Yeah. So if you discover the something, you heard it here first. I just didn't know what it was. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> I'll let you know and you can spoil it on Threshing Floor. Or maybe I'll have you on the channel again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe I can get a, a win against you. <laughs> we can all dream. <laughs> what do you think the, uh, like the motivation? Obviously, I think the present thing, I think it was just a, a thing to where these cards are not working in the intended fashion because there's an out given that was not there in the design of the card. Yeah. Um, I think the interrupt that was kind of these cards are not playing out the way that they were intended. Like we've talked about that and it comes back to this, uh, the targeting one, which is the one that's kind of the one that I mentioned that wasn't necessarily expected with these other updates. Um, unless you were like in the know, Mm-hmm. What do you think, from the elder standpoint, like their main goal was, uh, do you think it was just increasing that level of interaction with these cards? Um, do you think it's just to kind of open up that design space so that you can quit having to put set-aside in card abilities? What do you feel like, You, I mean, you're, you're pretty close to an elder. Um, your your brother-in-law's... <laughs> uh, He's still pretty involved. I mean, it's kind of shocking that he was like, we haven't made this change yet, which I guess makes it seem like it's been in the, like it's been agreed upon for a while and just hadn't been implemented yet. Yeah. Assuming that he he's in the loop otherwise um, and knows what's going on. What do you think like the motivation or, or whatever from that side of it is? Yeah. Uh, well, this is where it would be nice to have Tyler here, and he could could give the actual answer instead of just speculation. <laughs> yes, let's shame Tyler for not being on the podcast. I, Come on, guys. Uh, to be honest, like I, I hadn't talked much with uh, John about the the updates that were coming, so I I didn't have any inside scoop about like the the targeting change or your kind of the motivation behind it, but um, I. Th- I suspect that it was just kind of a a simplification and a like a just making making it more uh, intuitive or kind of easy to interact with some of the the set aside cards and and maybe it it is kind of coinciding in a way with phasing set aside out a little bit because now like in order to 
uh, I, I guess it's it could be so that they didn't have to put you know in play or set aside on new cards so that because as you print new cards that only target cards that are you know in play or if their their default targeting is only in play and you don't mention set aside then the cards that play to set aside just inherently continue to get stronger because fewer people are going to be using cards that can target them that are you know capable of doing so so you know like previously we had shipwreck like that that was kind of the only like competitively played you know regular card there's like um you know today is another one that you can you can shuffle an evil card and opponent set aside area um where you know there are just a, a few ways to interact with sheol and chamber at least there were and now this kind of opens that up so that cards like they, they can print new cards without having to reference set aside uh, specifically and then also you know it doesn't just keep continue increasing the power level of the the shields and the chambers and you know those cards that do play to set aside so that would that's kind of my interpretation of it um and but it seems to to fit with kind of just the general direction that the the elders have been you know working towards simplifying the game a little bit making things more intuitive and yeah, and and i guess to kind of give a blanket perspective on or like personal opinion of of these changes like with the reserve rule and with the four activations rule i was you know for for both of those i was kind of like eh, i don't know that i really like this like it just yeah, it, it feels a little um you know finicky or i guess arbitrary was uh, the word a lot of people were putting around um or thrown out we there. were arbitrarily calling it arbitrary yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I, I was kind of in that but then you know as you get used to it it's kind of like all right you know it's not it's not so bad um and with these changes i'm just like oh yeah that seems normal like seems like a good fit so um so it seems like even though the rule changes are seem to kind of be on the same level of like complexity or like you know how or the impact that they have on the game uh, I think these ones in particular are just, they, they feel better. They kind of like feel like, okay, yeah, we're just kind of putting things there, like, like fixing things almost that, that we had kind of thought were, um, you know, played differently, or at least for like the present and the interrupt ones. And then, you know, changing the set aside, that's a, that's a bigger change, but I, I, I'm a fan, I guess. Like I don't have any, immediate like how oh, is this gonna <clears throat> change too much or something like that you're not fussing about no <laughs> i did see some conversation from some uh, a particular someone about the impact to chamber of angels but <laughs> <laughs> i think i think what you mentioned there that was a good point you brought up of if designer card designers are not including that text in abilities moving forward those older cards kind of just inherently get that buff each each time a new batch of cards that because we're going to grab new cards and some of the older cards which ones are going to fall fall aside a lot of it's going to be these very specific cards that target set aside area for something that targets more broad things in the you know the spirit of versatility 
within a deck. Mm-hmm. Even to the point to where even though fortresses in set-aside area are a kind of a pain, it seemed like Shipwreck got played less than you would expect it to in a meta that had chamber kind of everywhere. And then also the ability that even if they don't have chamber, they probably have Herod's Temple mm-hmm. that you might want to get rid of or Bethlehem Stable if you need to get rid of their hand protection type of thing. So it, it just seems like uh, that's a that's a very important thing uh, because even if you're not designing things to use set-aside area, you still have to keep in mind that there are existing things that are using it and you have to continue to provide answers to those. Right. I think we also talked about kind of the negative impact on like Ark, uh, Noah's Ark, um, Chamber of Angels, Sheol, Gates of Hell. That's that's set aside as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Gates of Hell. That's another good point that I hadn't thought of. Yeah. yeah so that's a that's another one that that is kind of important for maybe to get a little bit more um, flexibility in interacting with. But I think kind of flipping that coin over and saying what cards are getting inherently stronger or getting that buff from these new rules. Um, obviously, Goliath is getting better versus what he was. He's, <laughs> he's being restored been back to his former Yes, he's glory. being restored to his... Yes, that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> Fallen Star. Also, Fallen Star. I think an, another one that, that's big is Lazarus with the Bethany Trio because... Even if you're just using Lazarus by himself or you're using the trio, splashing it in GOC good stuff or other white decks. I mean, you just need that dude to work the way that he's intended to work. When he doesn't, eh, drawing that that whatever up to three cards based on your Bethany heroes or whatever, mm-hmm. he just he doesn't seem like he has the great ability when you take away his blanket negate. Um, See, and I don't even know what exactly the problem was there, because like, so if I'm, if I go with Lazarus, I'd convert him to Meek, negate evil cards, yeah. and I play... You play Thieves, you play against Thieves, and every one of their enhancements interrupt the battle, and it doesn't matter if you have a negate, they interrupt the battle, you play a negate. Okay, so yeah, so I suppose the the hurling insults in the seas by Babylon, where you interrupt the battle, it cannot be prevented. Yeah, and then it turns off the negate for the rest of the battle. I or now you also have to keep in mind that the masks are back in the game, uh, or back in the game, and whatever, yeah. doing different things. Interrupt, draw three, play. Yeah, you still have to have the CBP on those though. Like you have, you have to. Oh uh, yeah, but humble is yeah is everywhere too. So. Yeah, I mean, you just. I suppose in like the ascension, you know, if you're you play that on Lazarus, you interrupt the battle, and then you abandon a bunch of stuff. Like you're not necessarily winning the battle. But I, I was kind of thinking like, at least for Noah, like you interrupt the battle and you, you know, with the royal parade, you're bouncing all evil characters in battle, and Noah's ability is still interrupted during special initiative there anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I see your point. With well, the, see, that's the key though. You don't have to tell the opponent if they don't already know. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to lie to them because you shouldn't lie. But if they don't know, you're not forced to correct them. Just, this is this is a public service announcement then. If you if that's your a opponent, little bit of the gamesmanship. If your opponent interrupts the battle while there is an ongoing prevent, that 
ongoing prevent is still interrupted during special initiative. Yeah, so like I'm sure someone out there has had somebody play Noah convert prevent cards and then they present a band or something so they're winning by the numbers. And now Noah says, okay, I'm going to play Royal Parade. And they're like, oh, shucks, I can't play anything <laughs> because it's all prevented. It's not. Um, so, yes, public service announcement for that. But speaking of Noah, I think Noah is probably the biggest beneficiary of the rule update. King Noah. <laughs> because being able to shuffle a card and now you can shuffle a Gates of Hell, you can shuffle a shield, you can shuffle chamber of angels i mean there's a lot of targets just for his shuffle ability without even worrying about converting him it's true yeah um and then you also add the fact that now he's getting the the restoration of the interrupt to allow his prevent to continue even after it's been interrupted reactivate hmm. i mean that card fell down on power level probably from like a a 7 to an 8 to probably like a three. <laughs> and then you have the multi-brigade on the other side, so it fell to like a one. Just because of Matthew. <laughs> because the cost. <laughs> and now, even with Matthew, its ability to be able to shuffle everything except for a human uh, and lost souls and then be able to get its interrupt, like reactivate after an interrupt, the battle. <clears throat> I mean, that dude's probably back about where he was before a six, seven. Somewhere in that range, maybe? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so now if your opponent blocks you with Goliath, withdraws your hero, and you present Noah, you convert him to Meek, shuffle their shield, and then you play Royal Parade, you'll get all three rule activations in, in uh, one go. Or one, all three rule changes in one, one go. And that's why we have him on the podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's that is the reason, right? That's what I bring to the table. These random scenarios. That's what you bring to the table. <laughs> Yes, random scenarios that you'll build a deck for and you'll make a video. Yep. <laughs> like this deck's theme is how to use all the new rule changes in one deck. <laughs> yeah. So we always throw around the keyword of balance in the game. And, and, you know, I think we're trying to get, it, it feels like the elders and game designers are trying to get to a point to where it's kind of like Pokemon uh, in a sense you know, with a little bit more depth of strategy within, well, I'm, I'm playing a water deck. There's a little bit more strategy to it than just a water deck, but water is inherently weak to, I don't know, I picked a wrong, wrong thing. <laughs> what, grass? Grass. Grass, I, I think, I is know, stronger than, than water because the plants drink the water. Okay. So do I, though. That kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that deck loses to, to, to grass. <laughs> Uh, but grass is weak to fire because it gets burned up. Mm. Um, and you just have kind of uh, these things. Rock, paper, scissors and, maybe would have been a better analogy. <laughs> yes, but I was trying to use like a card game right, example. Right, Rock, paper, scissors. People's just going to think we're talking about how Josh picked who was going first at Nationals <laughs> two years ago or whatever. Uh, uh, or, I mean, maybe he did it last year. I don't know. But... The, the biggest point that I'm trying to make is it feels like the game has been pushing to where the decks don't necessarily, outside of the theme or whatever, 
obviously you still have where you can splash things. People are going to be able to force splash in this game. There's no way you're going to stop mm-hmm. that. It's 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 just the way it is. It's the art of the splash, <laughs> and it's 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 always going to be there. But the themes are being designed to where they kind of have like it's good against this, but then it's weak against that type of thing. Yeah. And it seems like they're trying to push it to where now the skill player uh, or the skill of the player is what determines the game outside of outside of the 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 theme hierarchy basically mm-hmm. or where where they lay versus you have these guys that can build the decks that are so so vastly more robust and better than John Early 2018 for example or whatever versus some random little kid <laughs> an RLK and now think about Nick's deck that just won nationals versus an RLK. There's a chance that RLK is playing half of what is in Nick's deck. Yeah. To where now it's coming down to the player itself uh, versus just a, a big disparity in game mechanics, uh, little rules, and things like that. And it feels like that's that's kind of the spirit of these continue. Uh, continual refinements to the rules where we call these like quality of life it seems like they're they're done with balance of the game in mind so do you think these kind of just maintain the balance that we already have or do you think it kind of adds another layer to that or do you think the impact is you know, like the reason that it would just maintain is kind of it's not impactful enough to where it really kind of swings it much more than it already is yeah um <clears throat> Yeah, I'd, I'd be hesitant to say that this like shifts things too much, or that these changes will you know have uh, that big of an impact as far as you know what beats what, or kind of uh, like what um, you know whether it's like theme dependent or, or based on the player. You know, I think that that's going to remain relatively unchanged. Um, but I think that. You know, a few of the styles of decks and stuff will vary a little bit. Like Jed's, you know, Soul Surfer uh, is probably the most prominent example, at least that, that comes to mind. But, you know, people are going to be playing a little bit more Goliath, and he's, you know, <clears throat> can be a, uh, you know, he can shut down certain offenses fairly well, or like, you know, there there is still going to be the, uh, you know, Goliath and territory protection and hand protection kind of thing, where if, you know, if you are playing hand protection and, and territory protection, so Noah's Ark and Storehouse or, you know, some other combination, then, you know, Goliath is going to be a, a strong block against you. You're not just going to be able to present your opponent's hero. And um, so there's, uh, I think, a, a few cards we'll see a little more play and, and some of the uh, maybe a little bit less, like you know, chamber, shield, or gates. Uh, but overall, I think it it kind of uh, like it. it I, I think it all kind of comes out. We'll we'll all kind of come out in the wash, I guess. Yeah, that's uh that's fair. Do you? Um, I guess when I think about it, you mentioned like Goliath. Uh, you brought him up again, and I'm thinking about the fact that like. Young players are probably, I guess, better equipped now because there's a lot of um, potential for a new player to come in. David and Goliath here. I'm going to put Goliath in my deck. He's a strong card. And then 
to find out it doesn't work kind of the way it was intended mm. before these changes are like fallen star. It's a strong card, but you put it in your deck and you realize, well, they can just prevent present my heroes. Right. And that's, that's probably a, a little bit of negative play experience for a young player. Um, and it things like, it seems like these just clean that up. And, and so really those, uh, those newer players or younger players are probably more impacted by these than veteran players because how many times are you building decks necessarily that have Goliath in them? Right. Uh, and things like that. Like, I mean, he's a good card, but, and I'm sure you've played him plenty of times, yeah. but you also build more robust defenses that don't necessarily rely on a big body to just come in and somehow, you know, get a block without any real backup. Yeah. Uh, which I think is kind of how he's played now is just make them burn something or have two rescue options. Yeah, I think I mean Philistines are are definitely still playable, and they you know just got a little bit more stuff with roots. Uh, I did use the Fallen Star at Nationals in my in my Nationals deck, so I mean there's you know, yeah. something to be said about those. I mean, at least Fallen Star definitely still was good having that territory class ability and not necessarily having to use the, you know, the withdraw and present part. But yeah, I think uh, Goliath will be a little more common. Yeah. So I guess we'll we'll get ready to wrap up here because we've kind of ran longer than I anticipated. Uh, <laughs> That's never happened before. Wanna, uh, well, since it's so late, because we are recording pretty late, it's one uh, sixteen Central Time here. <laughs> And uh, I'm sure both of us want to get to bed. So we're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap it up here. But I do have one final question. And I want you to not think about anybody you might offend with your answer. And I want a 100% honest answer from you as a stalwart of this game and probably the first name people think of when they talk about players of the game uh, just because your visibility with your channel and stuff. But... All of these changes from rotation to now have been done in the spirit of simplifying the game. And we talk about balancing that player experience for the new player and closing the uh, the player gap to where it's just your in-game play is really the determining factor versus, you know, kind of somebody sitting down that RLK 2018 playing John Early's deck. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that's been cleaned up that won't work in John Early's deck. Mm-hmm. From 2018 to now, uh, and those have been done in the spirit of newer players and, and kind of having that onboarding experience be more pleasant for players. Do you think, or, or where do you think the the perfect balance is? Do you think we're approaching approaching that? Do you think we've already hit it? Where do you think it is to where we go too far in that direction and we start limiting card design and some of the robust strategy of the game that people have come to love that have been playing for a while, like yourself, uh, where's that, that line break at? Hmm. That's a, that's a loaded question. There's a lot to that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess the, the first thing that comes to mind is I don't think that we've gotten there yet. Like whether we will or, you know, get to that point or we're on a trajectory towards that, um, I I don't think you know we're there yet. I, I think that I mean, it, it's we are pretty young into this card pool. Like we're you know we just got Israel's Rebellion, we just got Roots. Like you know GOC is still uh, very 
relevant and people are exploring things in, in those themes. And so it's hard to say that like this card pool is um, like, you know, limiting by any means, but I, I will, I think that the, the rule changes don't necessarily limit what cards can do. I think that there's still like, like there's still going to be enough variety in different things that, uh, like different kinds of card abilities that the elders and, you know, card creators will come up with. Like I've been talking to Tyler and he's got, you know, some, uh, you know, some, he, he and I kind of talk about, you know, once in a while just some abilities and, you know, different things that we could do that aren't necessarily complicated, but they're just different than what we've done. And it's not necessarily like new abilities or new keywords, but just like different ways to interact. And I think like the you know, first thing that comes to mind with most recent cards that came out in Roots, like something like Four Horns, like it's a, it's a very specific ability. Like there are a lot of restrictions on it, but it's very powerful. Um, and, and it takes a certain type of deck in order to utilize it well, uh, where you have to have, you know, these four Old Testament evil characters of the same brigade in battle. And if you do, then you get this, you know, kind of, uh, like you, you assembled all the, the pieces of, um, what's the, what's the thing I'm trying to, trying to think of here? The, uh, uh, the, it's like some anime reference that I'm, I'm not familiar enough with anime to know. But you get all the pieces together, and then it, you know it works. I was gonna let you suffer there, but you're thinking of you're thinking of Yu-Gi-Oh, and Is it? Exodia the Forbidden okay. One. Okay. Yep. Where you get the Exodia, five pieces yeah. of Exodia, you get his head, his arms, and his legs, and there's five cards. You put them together, and it makes the artwork. But somehow, a card called Arm has some torso and and belly, and you know. To fill out the rest of it because he should have a centerpiece. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, yeah, fair enough. That that would be on Yu-Gi-Oh. Y'all move. Y'all. All right, yeah, so I had I'm to sorry. suffer in thinking about that, and then I made the rest of you suffer in listening to John explain it. <laughs> so I apologize for the reference, but you know, it, it. I think that there's plenty of room for things like that, and so I think that there's still going to be a good amount of variety. We've got you know, lots of support from different themes that are trying to do different things. We have mill that's in a better position than it has been. And, you know, for, for many years, um, you know, still not saying it's, you know, top tier competitive, but, uh, it's, I, I wouldn't say we're getting to a point of like being too simple to, you know, be interesting for competitive players. Um, I think that the game was, complex enough that at the you know the the top levels of competition you do have to be very familiar with you know the the cards and how the game works in order to you know, be at that level and bringing that down just a little bit I think is okay and then kind of not uh, like you know, I, I think it would be hard to go too far with that with the just the way that the the elders and the card creators are are working, you know, to 
uh, I think simplify rules, but not necessarily take away from you know, the, the strategy and the variety. Yeah. I will say that I have, I have faith in the card designers. Um, especially like Tyler's putting a lot of time into trying to come up with cool things that feel unique and fresh. I know that from, from talking with him a little bit. So I don't think that they've been painted into too bad of a box, Mm -hmm. but I do just when, when you think about all the things that have been affected. So like redirect is basically something that's in the past. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's not being actively used set aside has now been affected to where set aside isn't like a a place of strength for card design uh so to speak mm-hmm. you have side battles are extremely limited now they're not as robust and and you know able to be commonly played yeah. um so you lose that we've lost brigades <laughs> several brigades now uh ignore is what is ignore now <laughs> like it's still kind of just in shambles um copying abilities is kind of you know like that that'd be cool to see maybe some copy abilities but it it was deemed that it's too complicated or confusing or whatever yeah um kind of like redirect choose the blocker is kind of now everybody's if alone and a lot of those guys are guys you don't necessarily want to be alone which by essence doing that makes cards like simon even stronger mm-hmm. because his is not tied to that um i guess elijah's is not tied to that either but like new ones coming out so which one are you going to force and try to play yeah. <laughs> probably the one that can be in a band um and then uh like toss is still my favorite game mechanic <laughs> by far i mean you know anybody that knows or, or has has seen me put together a deck i love toss yeah. it's like one step further battle by the numbers mm-hmm. you know like i'm not just battle by the numbers but i'm i'm finding way to, ways to burn through your characters but that kind of got neutered a little bit with and maybe maybe in the in the sense of balance it should have but now, like foreign wives, completely stalls that strategy. Yeah. Um, if you've if you've drawn, and it's hard to keep up in the game today without drawing. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to, like, there's a, and maybe that's the you know the the fire hitting the grass. Yeah. You know, to where that's the hard stop. But it it seems like there's things that are are limited there, and it just it it feels like in the in the design space all of these changes while making the game more balanced kind of collectively add up and take a toll on and and maybe it's i know that there's an element of these are things that were in the game and they'll just get replaced with new things but there's finite things that you can do with cards and we've had some cool abilities that we've kind of not been using and it just so that that's where the like the motivation of that question comes in is how how much cleaning it up simplifying do we uh do before it's like we've lost so much of the unique gameplay elements that the game had mm-hmm. um and I think the more of those elements you lose we lose the potential to have like what thieves are I like thieves I like the fact that they cohesively play a certain way you can play other crimson 
characters and enhancements with them, but they don't necessarily play the same as thieves mm -hmm. trying to take things from a hand or, you know, uh, the one that take prevents a card to take it. What is it? Plunderers. Yep. Those, those feel kind of unique. You have the uh, New Testament gold. It feels unique reserving cards and working that way. Sons of Jacob, they got they inherited, I guess, the rotation form of a theme doing hand control on offense, mm -hmm. kind of like Romans do it on defense. And orange to a certain extent. But now I'm talking about three different themes that do the same thing. How many of those, how many, if we get limited to where themes are going to have to start cherry picking from a, a smaller batch of cool abilities. Yeah. It's going to feel like this brigade's doing this, but you can also do it in that brigade, which is kind of where I thought we were working our way from. So that's where the motivation of that question is. I don't think we've gotten to the point to where it's going to like threaten to become boring or anything. I just, I don't know how much more room we have before we start getting some new things that are creative. And it's like, wow, this is really playing fresh, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, I think that the, I mean, uh, uh, I think that's a good point. I think that there are other things that are still, that are kind of being elevated now or kind of you know, used more than they had been as well. So kind of um, like Paralyze, for instance, has been used on a few more cards lately. Whereas, you know, previously it hadn't been used a whole lot or like most of the paralyzed abilities just weren't all that good. Like there was the serpent, uh, that was kind of the main one, but now there are cards like John the Forerunner and, um, you know, other cards that, that, uh, I think kind of take, you know, what ignore was to a degree and kind of put that into now a, a paralyze effect. Uh, and so that is, I mean, that's just one example of like how, even though some abilities are, you know, kind of more on the, like being phased out or being, you know, sunsetted completely, like, you know, ignore. And, um, I, I guess, I don't know if I can, I can say that for sure with redirect, but I, I assume so, but that, that does kind of make room for other abilities to be used in different ways. Uh, we're, we get to see a few more like restrict abilities, uh, or at least one more in roots. I don't I can remember if there are uh, more than that. Um, but you know, just things like that where, and, and I, I think that some, uh, some of them like you know, toss and, um, maybe copy, like I, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're, you know, gone completely and, and maybe side battles too, where it, it might just be like, you know, once in a while they use them or maybe kind of once, um, you know, as cards are designed, if it, it seems like this fits and it can be, you know, balanced well, then maybe they'll, um, you know, use those abilities again. Uh, and so I, I think that there's still going to be some creative liberties taken by the the card designers as they see appropriate but i think they are being a little bit more cautious i guess than you know just kind of slapping abilities on there that are going to be more complicated or less intuitive um and so i, I think that that uh you know has has some uh, you know disadvantages of making things a little bit less interesting at, at kind of the 
the higher levels or you know maybe for for combo players you know things like that but uh, i think it's overall seems to be moving in a positive direction better for the masses and yeah maybe not as good for the the elite few that's that's kind of kind of where i i feel like we are now i just again i i just don't know how much it feels like there's room past that until we start seeing some some cool new ways to to use the abilities we have or introduce some new things that are within the that balanced gameplay that we've worked so hard to create yeah but again full faith in in the card designers tyler um and uh i know chris is is i guess kind of helping him but we all know who's doing the work (laughs) (laughs) yeah he talks about it all the time how he's how he's designing cards i bet he's probably got like six sets into the future designed but definitely think that there there has been a a little bit of a a trade-off with that to get to this balanced uh game state and i would say right now it still feels like a positive trade-off so that's where we are i promise that was the last question so we can get ready to wrap it up here after rambling on i definitely want to make a uh a point to say something about our sponsors over at covenant games because i didn't do it at the time that i was supposed to (laughs) we talked about them a little bit already we, I tried to work my way into like where it's like recent news transition and talk. Hey, here's the here's the shout out for the sponsor. Mm-hmm. But I'm terrible because I don't get enough practice in recording these episodes. <laughs> I know, and only I can prevent forest fires. I know <laughs> it's up to me. Uh, I got yep. it. But um, definitely, if if you need to buy some sealed products, go to Covenant Games. He's got all that. He's also got. A whole bunch of random Christian themed other things, uh, family oriented uh, gaming and, and things like that. So go check that out. The memorial tournament is coming up. I guess next time we record, that will have completed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we should have results from that. Maybe we'll have somebody on to talk about that experience or whatever. Let me check out the live stream uh, on your favorite YouTube channel. <laughs> yep. On Rob M's, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> on Redemption with Jaden. I was going to make the same joke. You beat me to it, though. Uh, oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> the other thing that I was just thinking of that you were reading the the changes, you mentioned it from Marcus's post on the forums, uh, and we did only go through kind of the main rule changes. There are just kind of a few other things that were added to uh, like the the entries to kind of clean things up a little bit. So if you want all the details, you should go read through uh all the the little changes and things that were added on that forums post yeah i guess we'll wrap it up here i think we also forgot to mention the the new deck building uh there's a whole new document yeah so a whole new living document for deck building that i didn't talk about whatever it's just more consolidated and i don't know it's, it's in its own place now which makes sense so definitely want to thank you guys for listening along Thank you for the people that have signed up for the Christmas card swap, got some new prizes to give away. Definitely need to get to 60 to do that. So go ahead and sign up. Tell your friends. And then, yes. And uh, thank you for filling in for Brad tonight. You, you did did wonderful no here. Problem. Um, our guest didn't show up, Mr. Tyler Stevens. He was on <laughs> hiatus, but we'll catch up with him another time. He's probably having some sweet dreams. Yeah. Dreaming about, about new no. cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so 
we'll get ready to wrap it up here and catch you next time. Peace. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Threshing Floor Podcast. If you stuck around this long, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for signing up for the Christmas card swap if you've done that. If you're interested and you haven't done that, reminder to go and sign up. There's a Google form. It's shared on the uh, Facebook group, um, Lion's Den, and then it's also shared in the Discord. It's on Land of Redemption. And if you need it some other way, just reach out. I can get it to you. Uh, thank you for participating, those that have done that. Got some cool new prizes to get out there. I want to thank Jaden for joining. I want to thank our sponsors over at Covenant Games. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.